Welcome to the Writer's Colony podcast. Um, the Writer's Colony is a writer's residency founded by Mara Brockett-Peel. It's a place to write, a place to belong, and a place to find your voice. I am Ayana, um, director of the Writer's Colony, and I am here with Nathan Hale-Williams. Um, Nathan, thank you for sitting down with us. Ayana, it is my pleasure. I, you know, it's the Writer's Colony is like going home. You know, it, it, you all have created this space that just feels like home for writers. And um, so I'm just, anytime y'all ask me to come, I'm going to be there. Yeah, it does feel like that. And you are so much a part of our community that we've been here. And go ahead and introduce yourself for those who don't know you. Or... Yeah, I'm Nathan Hale Williams. I, you know, like Michelle Obama, I say to people, I'm from the south side of Chicago, and that tells you a lot about what you need to know about me. But um, I am a writer, director, producer. Um, I am a retired entertainment attorney. I actually retired while I was in the Writers' Colony cohort. Um, but you know, at the, at the base of all of it, I'm a storyteller, and I've been telling stories as long as I could talk. And, um, you know, growing up on the south side of Chicago, becoming a professional storyteller was not within the rubric or wheelbarrow or wheelhouse yeah. that you might say that I thought was uh, something that I was capable of doing or mm -hmm. as even a possibility. So I, attend, I was either going to be Absolutely. a doctor or a lawyer, right? Um, yep. And so um, I think that's significant to say because I came to writing um, film and television at a later age in my 30s and um, being a part of the writer's colony was one of those moments where it was I made the right decision I took the right leap I was doing the right thing because I was literally sitting across from the amazing Mara Brockakeel writing my script and so that's one of the things that you know has meant the, what the writer, writer's colony means to me um, it was an affirmation um, that I wasn't too late and on my journey and then I, I landed right when I'm supposed to. Yes, and like, I can so relate to that being also from the Midwest, but thinking like entertainment is what you do on like a Saturday night, but can you actually make a job as a storyteller? Like that, absolutely get that. And it's not a good job. It's, it's not, not it's right. you grow up and get a good job. You What's know, degree? we went to school and paid all the, you know, all that money. <laughs> like, you know, go, you're gonna go, do, I remember my granddaddy, Big Daddy asked me, he said, boy, you quit not, this is when I first left the law. He was like, you quit that good job to go do what? And it wasn't until he saw my first film on TV that he understood that it was a possibility. But still, wow. you know, it took it took for him to actually see it on real television to believe in it as a as a possibility. So that wasn't even a consideration when I was twelve year old Nathan. For sure, for sure. A shout out to Chicago, two Chicago folks of the same uh, cohort, you and Yvette. Yes, my Chi Town girl. Yes, and I want to hear about your journey. You touched on it a little bit, but first off. If you could just share how you first heard about the Writers' Colony and what was it that you were like, absolutely. And I think you have this, this amazing story of how you interviewed Mara sometime before and you were like, you knew you were going to work with her at some point or see her again. Yeah, like, so, you know, I went to law school to be a producer. I knew that I wanted to be a producer. I had read about Deborah Martin Chase mm. um, and when I was in college Phenomenal. and I was like, no, I don't want to be a performer. What I want to do is be a producer. And she talked about going to law school. So I went to law school yeah. kind of following in her footsteps. And so for a long time, I produced television um, and then a couple of movies along the way. And one of those television shows was called Leading Women. And yes. it was a show on BET and VH1. 
VH1. I remember. And I was the executive producer and I was the lead interviewer. And we flew out here to Los Angeles. I was in New York at the time. And uh, Mara was doing the game and it was a big hit. And um, the whole episode is about the woman. And then we interview her friends and cast, whatever. So when I sat with Mara, I sat with her for about two hours. And I just fell in love. Wow. And I went home. And, two hours, and, wow. And I remember, I remember the nuggets she talked about is that she had a teacher that told her, just sit your butt in the chair and write. And, you know, just about her transition from journalism to, to writing and going to Northwestern. And, you know, and we shared some of that Illinois stuff, you know, Chicago stuff. Even though she's not from Chicago, uh, she, you know, had a reference. And I went home and I told my partner at the time, I said, I am going to work with her one day. I said, I've, I've fallen in love with this woman. Her energy is out of this world. And I mean, obviously she's gorgeous, but, and I love the shows, but she had a, a, an energy that I was just attracted to yeah. immediately. And I'm a Pisces, and so I mm. believe in all that stuff. Yeah. And because it's real. Absolutely. And I was like, that's an energy I connect with. That's an energy I'm going to work with one day. Fast forward. That same partner, who's no longer my partner, but my client, uh, Keith Boykin, had uh, a show that he was he wanted Story Twenty Seven to consider, and they, you know, Story Twenty Seven does not accept unsolicited work, and so I had to submit the work for him. Okay, and um, that didn't end up working out, you know, or whatever. And Susie uh, responded. She said, "You know, let me know. We are starting this. We're in the middle of starting this thing called the Writers Colony." Um, let me know if you have any, you know, emerging writers that you work with that be interested or whatever. And it's a it's a lesson in carpe diem, right? And so I was like, do I sit on this because I'm in my lawyer hat, or do I call Keith and ask him, is it okay? And so I call Keith because I am that I am. I, who I love am. that you are that person. Yes, yes, I am who I am. Shoot your shot. I shoot you shoot all shots. <laughs> you know, and um, I called Keith and I was like, do you mind? You know, I, I, I technically have to ask you, so it's not a conflict. He's like, of course. So I, I responded to Susie and I said, actually, I'm a writer. And and she was like, well, great. I'll send you when it's time for the applications. I'll send you the application. And then if it works out. And so I submitted my application and I was accepted into the winter cohort. And it was amazing. And it was, you know, for the first couple of weeks, I didn't remind Mara that I had interviewed her or that we'd even met in Martha's Ring. We actually played Taboo. We were on the same team. And we oh, on. really? Yeah. We oh, wow. And, and, I didn't and, know that. And I was a bit obnoxious because I'm super competitive. So I didn't want, I wasn't quite sure if I should remind her of that story. But when she was on my team, so we won. She, she did. She, when I finally reminded her, oh, okay. uh, she was fine because we did win. You're um, on the same team. Okay. okay but it was you. a dream come true. I manifested it. I saw it in a vision 10 years mm. prior and saying that I was going to somehow work with her. And, you know, in the writer's colony is not necessarily work, but she has helped me find my voice and refine my voice. And as I said, has affirmed me in a way that has given me a lot more confidence, um, mm -hmm. you know, in my writing. Yes. And I love, from your story, I learned the importance of, like, seizing the day. How often do we talk ourselves out of things of, like, oh, I don't know if that's for me or, oh. But you were just, you saw that an opportunity came across that wasn't necessarily sent to you, but you saw it was for you and you raised your hand. And that's something that we could all learn from, I think, but I love that you're an example of that. Cause let's say you had waited two weeks and who knows what would have happened. Um, and, and I love- the worst they can say is no. And the worst they can say is no. And the best they can say is yes. And they, and like for me, they said yes. And I feel that I think the universe 
responds to that kind of energy, right? The universe rises up to meet you because the universe yeah. is conspiring in your favor. And so if you talk, like the, the last person I want to tell, my, to tell me no is me. Mm. Like I'm not going to tell myself no. Yes. You have to tell me no because I'm going to tell myself that. yes every time. I like that. Yeah. I love that. Um, I love that. And then just manifesting, you know, your dreams. Yeah. The Writer's Colony is a residency, a unique from many other types of entertainment programs, tracks, mentorships that can exist, where it was really creating literally a space for you and three other writers to sit and work on an original piece. Can you talk about at all how your writing process was before coming here and then after being a part of the Writer's Colony? Were there any things that really, um, just being here when we talk about the space, when we talk about artist rituals or, or um, being clear on what you're trying to say, anything like that. Do you have any thoughts on how it was before and then after there? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, one of all, if, if, if you um, are listening to this podcast and you have not seen the space, go on Architectural Digest. They did a beautiful spread. Thanks. First of all, it's Shangri-La here. Yes. Um, it is so calming, it is so wonderful. And, and Mara talks about just creating an environment that is conducive to your writing and so mm -hmm. that in of itself just being in this beautiful space around other people writing um, was was immensely helpful um, but I think the biggest thing for me is I had written in a silo for so long right okay because um, I'm a novelist as well I write books as well or whatever, right. and I can do that in my sleep you know what I mean yeah. and um, and and, and I'd, I'd written in a silo for so long and I'd worked with like consultants but I'd never had a writing group I'd never had a group of other writers you know at various stages in their career and their writing to to be in a cohort with me you know what I mean I never had yeah. that before and um, it created community um, not just in terms of like the true sense of the word of community but also just I knew there was a different energy around my writing because I knew that they were going to read it. Mm. And I knew that they, you know, we had deadlines. We had self-imposed deadlines about when to give each other feedback. And that kept us on point um, and moving through. And then we had this, then the destination of our table read, you know, kept us on point. Because, you know, as a writer, you can you can dilly-dally all day long if you want to. You know what I mean? Truth. I was, yeah, Speak I Speak that. Come on. If, especially if I'm at home. My dog is the cutest damn dog in the world. Aww. And so he comes up. I'm going to play with him. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to go cook. I'm going to go. Right. You know, all these kinds of things. But when you're in this space, you know you're here to write. Yes. Not that we don't fellowship and have a good time and laugh and whatever. But you know you are here to write. And that's what you came here for. And, um, and then having that community of feedback and, yeah. and just people doing the same thing and trying to do the same thing. I love my cohort. Those are my sisters. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, we have a bond. Y'all were like, tight. We, we, tight. We, are, we still are tight. Like, we hang. Really? Yeah, we hang. Oh, we, we, you know, Beautiful. birthday parties and stuff like that. We, we're we always talking, and, and, yeah. and I, we have really created a little group, our little group. And I'm just, awesome. I never had that before. Because community is a lot of what this is built around, and it's through relationship, kind of organically. Because it is, a lot of writing is, you're sitting alone, you're thinking, you're planning, you're imagining, but then to be also have a, have that plus the, the you said knowing that someone else is gonna reach your work added a different motivation to it. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm it's so glad to hear that a lot of what's being planned behind the scenes is actually bringing food in real time that y'all still connect. Um, could you talk, you had a really amazing transformation 
over your three, four months here. Mm -hmm. um, and even just the recommitment to writing, the recommitment to being in this business. Can you talk to, can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, you know, I, I, I've had some success, you know what I mean, in, in the business. I'm not a newbie to the business. The mm -hmm. writing thing is, is you writing. know, is of the last six, seven, eight years or whatever. But me being in the business, I've been in this business for 15, 16 years, right? right? Correct. Um, Very successful and, lawyer. Yeah, no shape. Yes. producer and all of that producer. kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I'm not new to the business. I was new to this writing thing, and, and I'm a... Uh, I'm a recovering perfectionist now. I call it an excellence sinker. Me too. We're yeah, I'm, I'm now I call it an excellence sinker. I've changed. Me and my therapist have changed that language. Excellence seeker. seeker. I'm an excellence seeker, and that actually is a better um, term for me. I like That's that. That's the truer term. Yeah. I actually am not really a perfectionist. I really just want to be excellent. Mm. Um, and so I had. I was. I was the only one working on a feature film um, here, and 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 for me. It was important because I actually already had a team in place. I had investors already lined up. I, I was all they needed for me was a script. Okay. And yeah. it was it's based on a short film that I did and all of that. And so I was, you know, there was there was a finish line yes. in front of me. It wasn't like kind of esoteric and you know this was like just for the sake of writing, getting a sample or whatever. I actually had some deadlines and goals to meet. And so right. the and during the cohort, I wrote. A version of the script um, and then we did a table read and I hated it I hated the script I didn't it did not sound like what I wanted it to sound like it did not sound like me mm -hmm. um, I, I cried in the middle of the table read thankfully it was virtual, um, um, virtual. and but I, I, I bring that up to say that that's a part of the process. That's the beauty of being in something like the Writers Covenant, because mind you, Mara was supportive, Susie was supportive, my cohort was supportive, everybody was supportive, and they were like, it's not as bad as you think it is, Nathan, it was actually good. And I was like, but it wasn't what I wow. wanted to say. Wow. And wow. I literally came back before my note, my one-on-one -on -one notes with Mara, and I said, actually, throughout that script, the whole thing. And mind you, we only read the first half of it, but I had written the whole thing. I had finished it. You finished the whole thing. I finished the whole thing. And then you had said at the end of the, after yeah. we did the table read on the first half, you were like. I'm starting over. You're starting over. And I remember that moment because yeah. being on that, the Zoom table read, it, it was strong and we all kind of said it's not as bad, but you knowing what you were trying to say, you didn't hear it. Yep. And so I commend you having courage to start on page one. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, but to, I don't And it know. was a page one rewrite. But the courage was, you know, the courage was in me, but also I knew I was surrounded by people who were loving. Y'all were so loving on me. Like, it wasn't like anybody was like, that was trash or whatever. You yeah. were so loving and supportive of me. I felt like I had an infrastructure around me that I could start over. Wow. And I pitched... I, we remember we were sitting in the kitchen and I pitched you all the new idea. Yes. And everybody was like, oh, that's hot. That's great. You know <laughs> yes, what I mean? Yes. And so I was affirmed to start over. And then you called me and you were like, would you like to do a new table read? And I was like, this is perfect timing because I now, and just the divine order of God and the universe, if I had gone through with that that script, I would have made that film that summer because I had investors lined up or whatever. Oh. But because I threw out the script, I did kind of put them on hold or whatever. Right. And then in the interim, this over the summer, I got a buyer interested, a really 
Do your come on. Look come at God. On. Come look on. Look at that. God don't play about me. Come on. And um, a buyer interested, and they gave me a deadline of October 25th to get them. Because I, I was honest, I was like, because they saw my crowdfunding campaign and they'd seen all of my other work or whatever, and they'd seen 90 Days, which is kind of the inspiration for the film. It's a completely different story, right. same subject matter. And it, he was like, if you can get it to me by October 25th, we're great. And I did my table read here October 5th. October 5th. Yep. Okay. And so that was my second table read, and I loved it. It sounded like what I meant to write. It sounded like mm -hmm. me. It sounded like my voice. It sounded like um, the story I wanted to tell. And then I went in after October 5th, and with that kind of affirmation, that kind of love, and we had a good time. It was a party, and we had really good actors and yes. all of that. Um, Full and house. I, and I locked myself in. Uh, basically, I locked myself away for 20 days and mm. banged out that script. And the buyer loves it. Mm. Loves the script, and that, I'm telling them now that I'm revising and rewriting. They're like, "What are you rewriting?" And I'm like, "Cause it ain't, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't there, there but you know it's getting closer." Right, and you know, but it also at the same time, I had the confidence to send it to the actors, these A-list actors that I have in my mind that I happen to know because I've been in this business for a long time. Mm. But I wouldn't have sent them that other script. Mm. Um, but mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. I hadn't been in the writers' colony, I would not have heard it. Mm. I, I would have been in my silo, okay. and I would not have been able to process through to what I really wanted to say. And you know, Mar always says that her whole point is to help emerging writers find their voice. Yes, and voice. I can, I can, hundred and thirty-five percent, if not more, two hundred percent, say that that is what happened to me being in the writers' colony. Wow. I found my voice in writing that feature film. I know who I am as a writer, especially in around feature films, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and I'm confident in it now. Damn, awesome, that's awesome. Voice and having something, that is absolutely like at core of what we talk about. Yeah. So, I'ma leave you with one more question. Okay. If you could have been in any writer's room, past, present, what, for any TV show, um, or you know what? You're a feature film, so I might. No, no, I'm TV too. You're TV, okay, okay. TV Maybe we'll too. just say writers room for a TV show, right? Mm -hmm. um, which one would you choose and why? Okay, and this is not because it's you're <laughs> here. It would be being Mary Jane. Ah. I love that damn show. That I show, so first of all, Mary <laughs> Jane. I relate to Mary Jane on so many friggin' levels. Even, even as a Such even a as a man, mm -hmm. I relate to her. That you know, it's like this this quest for professional success and all that and you leave the love stuff behind sometimes yes and it's just and then gabrielle just was amazing in it yes and then you know the the first couple of seasons they was just hitting on everything oh my gosh and you know how sometimes our shows I and mean, when i say our black brown shows when we're trying to say something it comes off preachy yeah it comes off like we don't really talk like that. You, you know what I mean? That ain't normal Bearing language. Mary Jane, that's how we talk. That's how we talk. That's how we talk. Behind closed doors. That's how we talk when we having cocktails with our friends. You know, I lived in New York at the time. You know, that was what we were doing yes. at, in our side, you know, in our in our little um, cocoons about how, what was going on in the world and, and being a professional. I, I, you know, if Mara ever does a reboot of Being Mary Jane, <laughs> I am going to, I will beg her to be a writing assistant. Um, right. You know, you know, and quite frankly, I would be in any writer's room with Mara Brockakill. I just, I would just stare at her the whole time, probably. <laughs> um, but All that being us. Mary Jane, that would be the one I would really 
want to be in that one and then Ally McBeal. Those would be my two. Yes. Be Mary Jane's we've gotten that a few times, but it it hits on the the inner life, I think, of so many of us professionals. I mean, she was a black woman, but even yourself being a man can relate to that and embody that. And I think that's what we're each gonna kinda do in our own way, right, with what we're writing. So And that's and just it's a it's a note to remember that when you are authentic in the specific, it becomes universal. Ooh. That's a that's a quote. Authentic in the specific. It becomes universal. Mm. And 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 Mary Jane was such an authentic her specific character was so authentic yeah. that it resonated no matter who you were. And so it became universal. So if you are that's the first time I've ever said that I need to go write that down. Right. When you are authentic in the specific, it becomes universal. Nathan. Nathan Hale Williams. Said it here. <laughs> Sorry, Hale Williams said it. No, here. no problem. We appreciate you being here, Nathan, just taking the time. And um, again, you were such a rock star while you were in the cohort and you you continue to be. So just keep doing your thing and we are supporting you. We're here for you. I'm forever grateful. Thank you for having me.